Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we are back here again after an amazing episode last week with Leslie Kane. Now, she talked about UFOs and the series of articles she co-wrote for the New York Times. Not the failing New York Times. It's not failing. The digital version makes money. So we'll get away from that. And her book, Surviving Death, from 2017. Now, back to the UFO thing. She mentioned that a year or two back, one of the stories she co-wrote was the number 10 most popular story in terms, I guess, views on the New York Times digital edition about UFOs in the old gray lady, the digital version. That, that is fascinating. Randall? Yeah, I like Leslie's stick to it attitude with this. She's been at it long enough now that uh, even people in the ufology community who maybe weren't quite sure about her at first, uh, they're, they're saying, well, no, she's really done a fantastic job of bringing it out to the general public in a way that's been more acceptable to people. And, and she's, she's the one, I think, who has been the point on the axe that is chipped through the ice to get it out into the mainstream news. Well, that's, I think, almost amazing that something of that sort happened after all this time. Out of the blue, in December 2017, we're reading an article and learning about this Pentagon program about UFOs. And then I look at the authors, and one of them is Leslie Kane. Oh, that's what she's been doing. Out of the blue. And suddenly, a lot of places take UFOs more seriously than they did before because of the New York Times and Politico are taking it seriously. Well, how about some of those other publications? They have to also, the Washington Post, etc. I thought it was pretty interesting what she had to say about Elizondo. Uh, and I, I wasn't that easy on Leslie. I tried to be as tactful as possible, but there were times when you know, she was seem to almost shy away from the questions a little bit. I'm not sure that she's really used to that since she's become quite so famous uh, a personality in the field. But she did good at answering the questions when I was saying, well, Elizondo, there are people who are saying, well, there's no real evidence that he actually was the head, in quotes, of the program, although that's the way he's been billed. So she helped us to straighten that out, saying, well, from what they could tell, he was the, what she kind of called the point man. Now, I'm, I'm not really sure how you differentiate the two. And I'm still not really sure at this point exactly what Elizondo's role in this whole thing is. But you know, she was convinced enough that he had enough of a, a coordinating position to be considered as it, to be in a leadership position. So that's pretty fair. What do you guys think about that? Do I mean, have we do we know yet exactly what Elizondo was and what he was doing? I'm going to ask our guest here, David Stone, known as Stoneheart, <laughs> in our forums, and he's a gentleman from New Zealand, and he's 20 mm -hmm. hours ahead of us. 
Yeah, 20 hours. It's a beautiful day down here in New Zealand. Uh, for once, it's not blowing a gale here in Canterbury. <laughs> um, I actually don't have a huge opinion on this. I haven't watched that particular, well, listened to that particular show yet, uh, Randall. So I can't really sort of answer the question, my friend. <laughs> How about in general the fact that a publication like the New York Times has printed serious, serious stories about UFOs? I think it's a serious sea change. Um, as long as they're really handling them in sort of a, a sort of, how we say, not a sort of woo-woo sort of um, way, as many publications have done in the past, a sort of, you know, the, the whole sort of cringe factor when it comes to talking about UFOs. Um, if that's the case, that it has been taken in a serious um, light, well, it's a major step forward for ufology. Um, I, I mean, for myself, as you know, I haven't been around um, a lot on the forums because at one point I kind of got to the point where I don't know where any of this goes. I don't have any answers. The more I look at it, the less I understand what's going on. Um, when you start throwing the high strangeness and bits and pieces to it, it just becomes kind of wacky. And I step back from a while, for a while. I think, in my opinion, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, so I'm a nuts and bolts guy. So I, I don't know about you, Randall, but that's where I come down on. I'm very nuts and bolts. I think I think these things have a physical form, um, but then again, you come across the cases whereupon it's it's high strangeness. It's 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 very weird. And would it be interesting to see is if some of these accounts are actually being uh, portrayed or put out into um, say uh, the New York Times, etc. Talk about the more stranger cases. Hmm. Right now, it looks like the New York Times is basically focusing on what they're calling UAPs rather than UFOs, physical yeah. aircraft that cannot be identified. And I suspect going where you'd like them to go and maybe I'd like them to go into high strangeness would not be politically correct and would really hurt their credibility right now, maybe later on. Uh, that old political correctness um, thing. Yes, I know. Uh, but I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, we don't really probably don't really want them focusing on the more high stranger stuff because in a lot of ways, I think ufology needs to build a lot more credibility in just the general public. Uh, so you don't get that sort of, you know, little green aliens cringe factor happening, which has happened for a long time. I mean, me as like, as a lecturer, as near, um, in the tertiary um, institution, uh, for a long time, I was very, very, worried about actually even talking about it nowadays i don't really care if somebody wants to talk to me about it i will do so i'm quite happy and open about what my opinions are on um ufology and and you know ghosts etc anything um i think people see things uh you know we're upon whether they're real or not that's not the point i think for me i tend to look at what is the person i think it's more about people um than the actual event itself you know know where i'm going with that well, yeah, I mean, this, this is why we were talking about Elizondo and why I wanted to ask Leslie about what, how much she really knew about him when she saw these uh, documents. She said mm -hmm. that supposedly uh, were confirmation enough for her in the New York Times to believe that he was in this advanced aerospace threat identification program. One thing, Randall, we should point out is that there have been contradictory statements. Originally, it was indicated that he was the head of the program, and then later that he wasn't, even though he was part of it. Now, I don't know if that's government disinformation or not. I don't think when we get into areas of personalities and stuff like that, I think that Leslie kind of sort of wanted to stay away from that.
She wanted to look at the subjects insofar as the New York Times would write about them. I doubt the New York Times cares so much about the ins and outs of the UFO field otherwise. Mm. Yeah, yeah that- but we do. You see, that's just the thing. And I don't think it's fair for a journalist to say, well, we don't really want to talk about that because I don't have enough information about that. Or I don't know if your listeners want to know that because you know what? Our listeners do want to know that. She's a person who is in the New York Times and claims to have been looking directly at these documents. We don't get to see them, but she did. This is important stuff, whether she thinks it is or not. And when we have another person who interviews a different person who says that Elizondo, and I'm quoting here directly, Mr. Elizondo had no responsibilities with regard to the AATIP program. We can get on with this topic for a few more minutes, guys, but I really don't want to see us jump into the UFO rabbit hole of consistencies, inconsistencies, contradictions, and all that stuff. By the way, I wanted you listeners to visit our upgraded Paracast store at theparacast.shop. We offer branded merchandise with the official Paracast logos. In fact, four different logos. Choose the one you like. Once again, pay a visit to theparacast.shop. I guess we're back into typical UFO conversation. David Stone, also known as Stone in our forums. With Gina Randall, you're in The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. This message is for all sexually active men. Now you can get the same active ingredients as in Viagra and Cialis online in chewable form from bluechew.com. Chewable can mean better, cheaper, and for some men, work faster. Get started 100% online. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and no more awkwardness. BlueChew.com ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. So order now. You'll love it, and so will your partner. For a limited time, first-time customers get their first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping when you use the promo code FAST at BlueChew.com. Chewable can mean better, cheaper, and for some men, work faster. That's BlueChew.com, promo code FAST. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The service is not intended to replace your primary care physician or cure any disease. 
Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist, Dr. Nathan Newman, invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product, Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Supplement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. As always, the Paracast has an international flavor. Randall's in Calgary. I'm in Mesa, Arizona. David Stone is off somewhere on the other side of the world in New Zealand. Yeah, I'm down here in Canterbury, uh, Christchurch, New Zealand is where I'm based. You want to find that on a map. Um, We're on the East Coast. The East Coast is quite famous for some um, uh, UFO cases, actually. Um, Kaikoura lights, you might have heard of them before. That happened in the 1970s. Um, If anybody wants to look up that case, it's really interesting. I don't think it's ever really been truly disproven. So um, go and have a good look. You started, Randall, talking about the questions about Luis Elizondo. Let's go into that again. Yeah, right before the break, we left off where I was just quoting another person who had done research into this and got a statement from someone apparently also in the military. This is their, and they say there's no discernible evidence that Luis Elizondo ever worked for a government ufo program let alone led one and That's right up until his retirement so who are we supposed to believe here that's what seriously concerns me is these situations where one said one thing, another says another. I don't think it works in our favor in ufology at all. I, in a lot of ways, it discredits things. Um, I think it's sometimes it's better to remain silent about certain stuff. I mean, I don't sort of, how do I put this? Um, 
don't step up and put information out there without absolutely understanding what the facts really are. And can you actually truly confirm that this person was involved in this operation or in this um, part of um, uh, governmental research, etc.? If you can't do that, it's best to remain silent. Um, that's my opinion on that, on it, because there's so many times in ufology where you see this sort of thing happen, and it just ends up discrediting what validity there may have actually been in any um, given case. You hear where I'm, I'm coming from, Randall? Oh, absolutely. But and, and then in the same, of course, I mean, we, we want to know. So we have to look at both sides, because if you don't look at both sides, well, then you lose credibility. If you're if you're just a pro wide eyed believer and you never question anything, then you lose credibility. If you if you just say it's all nonsense, you lose credibility. In the same article, it says here that there was a Pentagon spokeswoman named Dana White who did confirm to Politico, another uh, online reporting website, that the program, the ATIP program existed, which I'm pretty confident that we can say existed, mm-hmm. and that it was run by Elizondo. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, why? Why do we get this contradictory evidence hmm. coming, coming from the same sources um i don't know uh not to get all conspiratorially disinformation um creating hype i i i, I don't understand it myself um Namely, I'm the sort of person, I think we've discussed this on the uh, on the forums over the years, hey, give me the facts. I mean, I will have an open mind about anything and everything, but not so open that my brains fall out. But show me the facts. Show me your information. I'll believe you. Um, but if I don't have the information in front of me, I don't know. And if I get too much contradictory um, information, I'm going to start looking sideways at the researcher themselves saying, okay, so what are we playing here? Um namely because I keep a very sceptical mind, and I think you have to in a lot of respects. How many times have we had this sort of thing happen, as I've said? But in this case, you have the right hand saying, yes, he was, the left hand saying he wasn't, and either one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing, or (laughs) they're trying to confuse everybody, and they're aware of the UFO field. So as soon as you do this, you drive everybody up the wall. I, I think, for example, John Greenwald of the Black Vault, was one of the people who tried to get information about this. Yeah, I, I tend to start to switch off when I start seeing that stuff happen. I go, no, I'll move on and start looking at something else. I, I, um, that whole sort of an internal stuff in, in ufology starts to actually irritate me. Um, yeah, like, like I said, lay the facts on the table. Show me the information. I want to look at it and make my own opinion from it. Um, so that's the way I'll approach it. And I'll actually watch or listen to the um, particular episode and see where you're coming from um, with it, Randall, because it'll be very interesting. Well, a lot of people do look to high-profile journalists like Leslie for accurate information. So I think it's important to be able to discuss the types of information that they're bringing out to the community. And it was excellent to have her on the show. Mm. Uh, it, I mean, we, one thing that I did get from Leslie is that she's very genuine. I yeah. don't get from her at all that she is just trying to do it for the notoriety or that she's in it to make herself into a, a UFO guru or anything like that. She comes across as a really genuine, nice person, which is, and I've always kind of liked her in that regard. But, but at the same time, I kind of worry, you know, that she's getting, when you get into these controversial fields, yeah, you can find yourself in some kind of hot water. And, and you know, I like her enough that I don't want to see that happen with her, <laughs> you know. But, I think um, she's yeah. been around long enough to know how to sidestep the weeds. 
She's been doing mm. it for 20 years. Of course, she was with Bud Hopkins in his final years. And she was aware of some of the controversies that arose over Bud Hopkins and Dr. David Jacobs that we won't mm-hmm. mention here again. Mm-hmm. And she no. understood <laughs> what was going on there. And I think trying to keep that arm's length and focusing just on the facts is the best thing she can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's also, I know, but that's also a little bit of a, it's like a safety net. And, and you know, forgive me here, but I, to, to just say, well, I don't know. I, you know, she 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 went backed a little bit into a corner. She would always go to that. Well, I don't know. I'm just a journalist, and I report what people tell me. And okay, so so that's sort of your last line of defense. But really, if you're going to write about a contentious subject like that in a way that promotes it to be something that should be taken seriously then I think you need to be prepared to do a little more than that, to be personally invested in it, to say, you know, I am interested in this. I have a perspective on this. Why would someone do it otherwise? Is it just purely so that they can sell books and they don't really care? Bear in mind, Randall, she's one of two or three authors of this piece. So she doesn't have full voting rights there. This decision could have been a collective decision. And she'll abide by it because she wants to continue her association with the Times. I don't know about the ins and outs of that publication, but bear in mind, she's just a contributor. I don't know about the status of the others. If we have a full-time employee there, they will hold the cards. They have in-house editors to deal with. So it's not just one person, one lone wolf. So well, it's, it's I'm not trying not- to make an excuse for her. I just understand where she comes from. By the way, I have an article that just came to my attention, and this is something we can discuss in the next segment. And it's written in a British newspaper, but it quotes somebody we know on the Paracast. It says, is Earth ready for alien contact? It is now. Mm-hmm. Government UFO expert pens contingency plan who do you think that is we'll tell you who it is and we'll get back to leslie kane get back to the possibilities of disclosure and all the other stuff that's going on here we have david stone known as stoneheart in our forums with gene and randall you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNlife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNlife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNlife.com or 844-443-6637. 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. China is now facing increased isolation from other countries with international curbs and flight suspensions. The death toll from the spreading coronavirus outbreak is now at least 304. U.S. health officials are confirming an eighth case, a person in Massachusetts. Dr. Larry Madoff with the Bureau of Infectious Disease and Laboratory Sciences says the virus particles are not airborne. They're spread from an infected person to another person. This kind of spread requires close face-to-face contact over a period of time. It's not like measles, for example, which can be spread through the air and through which just casual contact can result in infection. The U.S. is banning foreign nationals who have recently been to China. White House Democratic hopeful John Delaney has decided to drop out of the race in his run for the presidency. This is USA Radio News. Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381-800-941-3381-800-941-3381-800-941-3381. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, so we return. David Stone is our guest. He's one of the leading forum members, and thus we're doing kind of a shop talk episode catching up. But we're going into a lot of different topics. We mentioned Leslie Kane and the New York Times article. And 
I quoted a piece from The Express in the UK. Now, who do you think the government UFO expert is they are quoting? In the UK, Nick Pope? Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) Okay. Nick Pope, who worked for the Ministry of Defense between 1985 and 2006, says the world is incredibly underprepared for the eventuality of extraterrestrial contact. I'll give you another paragraph here, which covers some things. Whether humans discover alien microbes on Mars or detect radio signals from a distant civilization, Mr. Pope said top-level strategic planning needs to be readily available. And he does have this piece that's in the article from The Express entitled The Detection and Discovery of Extraterrestrial Life. And once again, he's going into different ways of dealing with it, assuming like most governments, they have no contingency plan. You know, governments go from crisis to crisis, like this, this outbreak in China, mm. okay? They go from crisis to crisis. They're never prepared. Something comes out of left field. They don't know what to do with it. Well, now they have UFOs. Suddenly we have renewed interest with the Navy. We have no idea to what extent the government is involved in research or whether they just tossed it under the rug. Ah, just a bunch of wacky stuff. Let's stay out of that thing. We don't know. And that means that if the other side, the other shoe drops, and something from out there comes here and says, take me to your leader or whatever it is, (laughs) we're not ready for that. I mean, maybe the governments aren't ready, but I think we underestimate people. I I think most people actually gives a given yes there's life out there i mean myself i wouldn't really particularly be bothered about it say well yes um they're aliens well it's a very big universe it doesn't surprise me very much i don't think there'd be the big panic that i think a lot of people seem to think there might be there's been so much in popular culture for so long that i think in some sense um the whole gray aliens thing the population's kind of desensitized to it i don't know but that's kind of my opinion um that's where i'm coming from (laughs) We're looking here at the people. Sure, they might be ready for it, but you have invested interests around the world, uh, the energy industry especially, because they well, own many of the politicians here. Yeah, and here's the problem. Uh, the problem with politicians, and let's just call them global elites, um, not to get a little too conspiratorial, people like that can't see a world that exists without them in control. Um, anything that upsets or may tip the balance out of their own control is a major threat. Now, are they prepared for that? I don't know. But I would see any um, discovery of an alien species, an intelligent one, and one obviously um, a heck of a lot more um, technologically advanced than we are, given by the fact they've been able to cross the vast expanses of space. I, they would see them instantaneously as a major threat. Um, so are they prepared for that? I doubt it. And how could you prepare for it? Uh, no idea. Right. Prepared on what level, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're certainly not prepared enough to be able to intercept them because <laughs> they can still outperform the, oh. the best that we've got, apparently. Abs- absolutely. Um, I love the group episode on um, Gary Voorhees as well. Um, that Tic Tac um, UFO, I think, kind of um, drives that home. You, you can't get near them. You can't touch them. What is it? No idea. I mean, it's, is it entirely possible that it is man-made? I don't know. I'm, I, I don't generally jump straight on the um, alien hypothesis. I think most of you guys over the years know that. 
I try to keep an open mind with as concerned. But if I was a betting man, I'd say it wasn't ours. <laughs> yeah, well, the, with Voorhees, that was pretty interesting. And of course, we've had Kevin Randall on as well and mm. a couple of others. When we bring up the idea that maybe what was happening in this naval exercise where this Tic Tac UFO was uh, detected and spotted is that it's some sort of an advanced countermeasures where it's not actually a craft it's something that was made to spoof radar and to simulate an appearance perhaps with some sort of uh, new holographic technology and we know that that kind of technology mm. uh, is within our capability to create now so mm -hmm. if we're going to go with rule of thumb. Well, if we can do it, it's probably ours. And that mm -hmm. would give them enough reason to keep it secret, of course, if they were testing that out. And there's a, there are precedents for that, like back with the Skyhook balloon. And that was also a Navy exercise. Yeah, Arkham's Razor. I mean, what's the, what's the most logical, logical explanation of the whole situation? That's why I tend to fall on the side, and, and all of us do, that 99% of UFO sightings, etc., are man-made or a misidentified natural phenomenon. Uh, however, that tic-tac was, it, it still got me scratching my head with that, but you may actually be right. It, it could easily be something made to spoof radar. It could be. Well, it um, can be done, and that's oh, yeah. the thing. And, and when the guy who was in charge of looking after the equipment that detects them says, yeah, it's possible. And someone like Kevin D. Randall says, yeah, that's absolutely possible. It sounds reasonable. Then you got to go, well, it's not, you know, it's not just a, a tinfoil hat theory. It's something that, well, maybe that's the case. Or even as an engineer, I'm looking and going, it's quite possible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, these days, I mean, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I don't think so. I don't think we had the technology no. to do that. So that's where I always go when it comes to UFOs and, and the best evidence. It, it still comes out of the classic age and, and the golden era, so to speak. Mm, absolutely. Well, I mean, what, what's the the old saying that uh, technologically, as far as military is concerned, 50 years ahead of what you're actually seeing the military use? Mm, quite possible. Mm, I think 50 is probably pushing it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like the, you know, even, the, you know, the B-1 and the flying mm. wing. And I mean, you know, it's may, you know, maybe five to 15 years, maybe. I would, I would say, but well, I mean, we don't know for sure, but we're, mm -hmm. and even then we're still talking about aircraft, things that use aerodynamics to, to push them around. Mm. So but, I, I mean, don't think they'd be building like, you know, the lightning if they could build a, a UFO because those things are so expensive. Mm -hmm. and if they could build something like, you know, with anti-gravity propulsion, why would they be building jets still? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But what was the, what was in a comment? I, I mean, it's many years ago, I read this in the forum. Um, there was a counter to that to say, well, if you had something like anti-gravitic um, technology, why would you show that? That's like a trump card. It's sort of something that you would hold on to and keep aside. I mean, for the more sort of paranoid, I think maybe that's, that's a case. Uh, there certainly is a case for keeping certain technologies under wraps for a very, very long time. Um, but I don't think human beings actually have um, anti-gravitic um, propulsion as yet. Um, I, I think we're probably a good century or so away from that, it, it, technologically. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Just this is a tech. David, since you mentioned years, that's me a long time. David Stone, I wanted to ask you if you can give us more about your background. We know you're an engineer. 
Mm-hmm. You're, a, you're a teacher now, right? Yes, yeah. I moved into teaching ooh, to be about a good five years ago. Um, I was an acoustic engineer um, for ooh, 26, 27 years, <laughs> frontline, um, touring tech and doing installation design work. So um, that's my background. Um, the, the thing with acoustics is it, it takes on a lot of different fields, including physics, et cetera, as anybody who does studies or does what I, uh, what I do or did um, would understand. Um, what I've seen over the many, many years is how uh, technology, it's certainly in my field, has gone exponential. Um, when I first started doing sound engineering, it was all analog. Um, now it's it's all computer-based. <laughs> in fact, including the consoles. The consoles, the sound desk we use, are literally a computer with faders. Um, and that happened so fast. So, yeah, maybe I'm wrong, um, Randall, about saying 100 years. Maybe it's 50 years. Maybe it's 20 years. Don't know. Um, I guess we wait and see because um, I have been surprised before. <laughs> we'll be more surprised as we continue with this discussion. Cover Shop Talk episode. David Stone, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hpextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hpextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pau de Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Continuing, David Stone is joining us this week. He's known as Stoneheart in the forums and coming to us from the standpoint of an engineer looking Mm -hmm. at science and what we can prove, what we can't prove. I would agree with you that if you had something that advanced, it wouldn't be like the TV show Stargate SG-1 where the Stargate and the group or organization maintaining it is totally outside of the rest of the government and the Department of Defense. You couldn't do that in the real world and have something that advanced running around in spaceships in the sky. If you had anti-gravity, maybe you could keep it going for a while, keep it secret. But there will be situations where you can't keep it a secret. And then we have to remember we're not the only country that has advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a way to look at it is um, the amount of people who conspiracy people who see that we did not go to the moon. OK, so a conspiracy about not going to the moon. How many people would have to remain silent for this long to cover up a conspiracy that large? I think it's untenable. Uh, I, I think it's kind of crazy, to be honest. Um, so if, say, because um, I've read stuff before saying, you know, anti-gravity technology was developed back in the 1950s, you would know by now. It would absolutely be being used and you would definitely see it. So I don't think human beings have actually managed to create that as yet. Will we ever be able to? I don't know. Um, 
it, everything in my brain as far as physics concerns says no, but there's brighter minds than me that have created other stuff. So, you know. <laughs> now, the other thing here is that it also raises more skepticism than ever that we are somehow or have somehow re-engineered or reverse engineered daily in technology. Number one, would we even know what we're dealing with if it's hundreds of years ahead of us? But if we did and some advanced developments were perfected or copied from what we found, where's the evidence of that? Not night vision goggles like uh, Colonel Corso. I don't think so at all. Um, I don't think human beings have back-engineered stuff. And in a lot of ways, we're kind of referring to Roswell here. I think Roswell, and a lot of my, my opinion of Roswell, it probably needs to be buried at this stage. Everybody who was involved is dead, gone. Um, it's so much conjecture going on, it's not funny. I don't think human beings have back-engineered things. Where would we even start? How would we know? What is it Arthur C. Clarke pointed out? Any significantly advanced technology would just appear as magic to us. I don't think we'd even know where to begin. When we get an idea of what it does or what it is, but how to engineer and create it, no idea. Yeah, back engineering. I I think sometimes it's a bit of a cop-out in a lot of respects um, because, you know, you say, oh, we can back engineer um, something like Velcro. Well, sure, maybe we'll be able to figure out what what the chemical makeup of it is, but it's the manufacturing process itself you'd have to um, back engineer, and that isn't actually that easy. I don't know what your guys' opinion on that is, but that's sort of mine. I think human beings, we also don't give ourselves how much credit we actually deserve for how creative and uh, and developmental we are by saying, oh, the aliens did it. Sort of takes away sort of the fact that human beings are um, quite inventive. And I, I get the same thing with the people going on about, oh, aliens created the pyramids. No, they didn't. Human beings did. We're very, very tenacious. We will find a way to solve problems or or create something. <laughs> I, you know, I love how you talk yourself in and out of things at the same time. It's <laughs> <laughs> really, because yeah. I'm going, yeah, 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 but what about, and then all of a sudden you're, <laughs> you know, but that's really good because that's, you know, that's the mark of someone who actually thinks about these subjects. You know, it, it is a favorite, of course, you know, for the, for the skeptics to go, oh no, you know, the human beings, I mean, we can do so many amazing things. Pyramids had to be made by human beings, but then if somebody says, well, could we reverse engineer a UFO? And it was like, oh, I don't know. Or did I saw a UFO? Well, but human beings are frail, not very <laughs> smart, prone to errors. You know, it's it's always this confirmation bias for people's opinions. I think, but, Randall, it's because I know enough to know I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, all of yeah. this for me is just is is just spinning ideas around. Could we recreate, say? You know, you say, take a cell phone, I've got my, my iPhone in front of me here, and we sent that back 30 years, 40 years. Could human beings actually back engineer that? Possibly. What mm-hmm. say we sent it back 200 years? No, they couldn't. So let's say we've got a um, civilization who's um, literally damn near a million years technologically advanced than we are. Can we back engineer the technology? And actually, I'm going to be kind of a positive and say, maybe. That's maybe really the- refreshing. Why do you say that? Because we are a technological civilization in right now. We have developed electronics. We understand quantum physics, etc. We could get an idea of what this is. Now, two, three hundred years ago, we'd have no idea what this is. It may as well be magic. And I think there's a tipping point in the civilization whereupon they get to a point where they can look at things and go, yes, we could probably do that. As soon as we work out what it is it actually does. Know what I mean? 
yeah, you know, I brought this up in the past with Gene as well, where I will say, okay, we're at the point now where we can individually look at individual atoms. In, in fact, we can look at individual particles within atoms now. Mm-hmm. In fact, we can make antimatter now. I mean, yes. it's only in small amounts, but when you can start to manufacture the building blocks of existence, you're getting pretty close to being able to do pretty much anything you want with it. You're definitely you know? moving, moving up. Are you hitting more and more towards a kind of scale? Um, uh, you're heading toward that type one style civilization if you want to use that sort of um, that sort of labeling for it. I don't think we're that far away as a species. Uh, we've got a lot of things we've got to overcome, uh, worst of which is trying not to wipe ourselves out in the meantime by all kinds of different means. But, you know, I've got a lot of faith in humanity. I think at some point we will get through adolescence. We will start to actually develop and to, to cycle us back around to these ideas. I think at some point a civilization gets to a stage technologically whereupon, yes, they can back engineer things. Yes, we can actually create stuff that would otherwise seem magical to any generation beforehand. In fact, I mean, uh, I, I would say look at my grandparents. I mean, how confused they are with um, with technology. Very, very confused. But for us, um, I'm Generation X. I would, I grew up with it. It's, it's just, it's part of me. It's second nature. So, you know, as we, as human beings march forward, I think things like anti-gravity um, technology, etc., will happen. You know, the the whole thing. Can we travel faster than light? No, no, we can't. I mean, there's a physical um, speed limit to that. But can we go around that? I would say yes. At some point humanity will figure out a way to actually do that. Maybe because I've got a bit of positivity for human beings. I mean, we could just sort of stop being negative about ourselves and actually start to grow up a wee bit, I think. Um, slightly off topic, but you, you, you know where I'm going. Okay, so we don't have a Zephram Cochran working in silence in a garage <laughs> trying to develop warp drive. On the other hand, we look at the inventions envisioned in Star Trek, and there was a book called mm-hmm. The Science of Star Trek many, many years ago. And I mm-hmm. remember very little about it. We've seen some things come to pass. You know, the communicator, the tricorder in different forms, the tablet, which was shown in Star Trek Next Generation and 2001 Space Odyssey, things like that. Mm-hmm. Warp drive, we know that they've looked into it. There was a studies in the 90s, I think, saying, well, it would require planet or star-sized power systems to make it work. But then the last I heard is they scale that down quite a bit. I don't think it means we'll have warp drive 20 years from now. But the thing being, we're trying and there may be a route to find an answer. Also transporting matter from one place to another. Except when you do that and you try it, don't have a fly get in there. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, warp drive. Uh, honestly, mathematically, yes, it can be made to work. Uh, physically, well, from just from a, a technician's point of view, if you can solve the math, eventually you can solve the engineering. It becomes an engineering problem at that stage. So is it now an engineering problem? We know the math. Well, we do. The problem is we now need to work. We're going to have to work within the bounds of what technology we have now. Um, so will the technology come along over the next 25, 30, 50 years? Yes. It's a matter of when, not if, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm, I'm always, I always try to be very positive about it. Um, 
And, you know, having worked in technological field for so long, I've seen things change so fast um, that I'm kind of quite positive about how we can actually overcome all kinds of different engineering problems. Hmm. Like I said, I'm a bit of a nuts and bolts guy. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I have to take a little bit of an issue with the whole math thing because math is just a way of modeling an idea. We'll have more math after we add up these announcements. That didn't work. Gene, David, and Randall, you're in. <laughs> the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you have diabetes and you're on Medicare, Medicaid, or have private insurance, you may qualify for a new continuous glucose monitor. Managing your diabetes is crucial to your health. The new CGM can automatically and easily help you manage your diabetes more effectively. And by using a CGM, you can eliminate the one thing most people with diabetes dislike the most, finger sticks. Now you can automatically manage your diabetes and end the painful finger sticks. Solara Medical Supplies makes it simple for you to have a new CGM. We'll do all the insurance paperwork for you and deliver the newest in diabetic care technology right to your door. Take charge of your diabetes today with the help of a new continuous glucose monitor. Call now to learn more. 800-547-5331. 800-547-5331. That's 800-547-5331. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, some advanced mathematics from Jay Randall Murphy. Go ahead, please. Yeah, just before the break, we were talking about math. I guess it's to claim that if we can put it in mathematical form, then we can create it in reality. But I don't think that that is the case. I think that math is essentially a way of describing an idea. And if it's an abstract thought, it might be fine. It can be internally coherent. It can be internally consistent. All of the numbers can add up, but in reality, it just can't be done. 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. I, I have to agree with you. Was it uh, saying, I don't even think it was one of my professors many years ago, um, is it, it's a game. When you learn how to play the rules, um, you can play the game. So yes, mathematics can be used as a game. In a lot of ways, in practicality, no, it doesn't actually work in the real world because there are a lot of other variables that come into play. It's true, but I think in a lot of ways, you're still going to have a fairly positive view on technological development. Will human beings in, in 100 years also be colonizing um, other worlds? I think we're going to do it a lot sooner than that. Um, myself, if Elon Musk has got any um, <laughs> say in it, I think it'll um, happen in the next 25, 30 years, but maybe even sooner. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Randall. I think you can kind of focus on the mathematics too much and go, yeah, well, it works on paper. And oh, God, actually, I'm kind of killing myself here because I look at my own engineering stuff over the years and go, yeah, it works on paper. It don't work in reality. <laughs> Well, I mean, if the premise is correct, the idea of space-time is not very well understood by the general population. And I think that even some of the people that are working with the algorithms themselves tend to think of, say, something like time as a dimension when it's that's just more of a convenience term. It's like an aspect. And even more accurately, it's a variable. Yeah, it's not a dimension. It's a variable in an equation, right? So while we do have three spatial dimensions, Mm -hmm. so that's fine. But when you really look at time, you're looking at something that is not like that. It's a different thing in terms of its conceptual formation. Mm. So just to assign it a variable and say, well, we'll just put, you know, T there, we'll call that time and and an equal sign in between something else and then turn it around mathematically and say, well, that means time can go backwards is (laughs) a really huge assumption, I think, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. That's that's well Well, put. But it takes someone to to sort of understand it and then bring it down to that simple level to say, okay, this Mm. can't be the case because this is what we're really talking about. That kind of takes me back to the, well, just to, to touch on Leslie again briefly, her mm. book on surviving death and these very fine points. You know, at, at one point I was saying to her that there is no real evidence in terms of real time that these events are taking place. Mm-hmm. Well, she said, yes, there is. And then we had to go to break and we never got a chance to come back to it. But it's those kinds of miscommunications, I think, that can be very important because when I say real time, I'm not disputing that people are having experiences and coming out of, say, operating theaters and saying that they remember floating up out of their bodies and seeing things in the operating room. I'm saying that there's no cases where, say, maybe they gave someone an epidural or some sort of anesthetic that allowed them to remain conscious while their consciousness floated up out of their body so that in real time they could say, hey, this is happening to me. I'm floating up out of my body now. And by the way, I can see all of this stuff so that people can verify it in real time as it's happening. Right. There is no cases like that. There's only cases where people come back afterwards and this memory seems to appear. Yes. And so I've looked at this myself before and wondered, well, are these memories just the brain in a state of confusion and maybe because we don't really truly understand in a lot of ways exactly what's happening to the human body while it's dying. Certainly not the mind and the consciousness. So maybe it is just the brain creating stuff itself, almost like a hallucination. Um, and that's what these people are coming back and talking about. From my point of view, there is no real evidence to say they have had a 
near-death experience, an afterlife experience. Yeah, for me, I, I I kind of find the whole ghost sort of in it, that sort of field a little hard to deal with because a lot of it is so very hard to give any form of evidence on at all. Um, large amounts of anecdotal. I do watch a number of um, videos online of of people sort of. Oh, I post this. Here's this um, image of a um of a, a, a was a black mass, a um, shadow person. I go, what is that? It looks like just looks like a blur. It could have been one of your own guys walking near one of your lights since you're doing all this at night and you're seeing a, a shape that you've seen later on. And all it was was actually just a shadow. Trying to prove this sort of thing is almost damn near impossible. Um, so I don't know. I certainly agree. A life after death. I don't know. I think maybe he's not supposed to know. <laughs> well, I'd take it a step further and say that it's impossible for well, yeah. reasons of logic and coherence. It, mm-hmm. That it just can't be the case. You know, we can go through that in a step-by-step fashion. And if anyone out there can find a way around it, I'd be happy with that. But, you know, because I would like to believe it as much as anyone else. It's just I can't, I can't find a way around it. For example, what we're dealing with here is memories with people. Mm. And we know yeah. how memory works. But people tend to confuse that with someone who, whose consciousness has continued to exist past the point of their bodily death. Mm. So consciousness and memory are two entirely different concepts. We know very well how memory works. We isolated it to regions in the brain. We mm-hmm. can disturb it. We can erase parts of it. We can bring parts of it back. And we know exactly where all of that takes place. It's not a, as much of a mystery as consciousness. So if someone says, well, they remember something happening to them, their brain had to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise they couldn't remember it. It wouldn't be there. It's not like there's this magical thing that's residing in their brain that mm-hmm. causes us to remember. There are memory centers. They're neuro memory circuits. So, therefore, if memory happened, their brain had to be working. So, if a doctor says, well, their brain couldn't have been working, they had to either be wrong or the memory itself was formed after the patient was brought back to life Revived. and resuscitated, right? Absolutely. It can't be any other way. So it's not like we can't come up with ideas to say that couldn't happen. We can. We can definitively Mm. say that in that case, that's what we're dealing with. People with functioning brains, not anything to do with consciousness, right? Yeah, Yeah, well, absolutely. If their brain is functioning, they're not dead. So they're able to form a memory. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So so why should we jump to the conclusion that then that is any evidence for, for consciousness after death, there's no connection. No, no connection at all. I think it's just because people really want to believe there's something after, you know, you pop this mortal coil and, and then you shuffle on for that great dirt nap. I don't see it that way myself. Uh, I, how do I put it? Um, so I, I don't worry too much about death. Hey, uh, it was the old Pink Floyd. you got to go sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. How's the band doing? Are you still playing? Yes, we are. Um, I haven't done anything in the last 12 months. Um, largely because we did a tour and um, I was working some other projects and teaching to, took over my life for a wee while again. Um, gearing back up to do some stuff um, in Australasia uh, again in the coming year. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get back out and put some shows on stage again. Um, it's also after when you do a tour of this music, um, and I sound, sound crazy for somebody who was a Pink Floyd nut, I get sick of listening to it and I certainly get sick of playing it. <laughs> it's only so many times you can walk on stage and play Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> but you are, okay, uh, here's a question for you. Uh, we know, of course, 
Pink Floyd had an album called Saucer Full of Secrets. Mm -hmm. Is there any connection between any of the members of Pink Floyd and UFO sightings, like actual experiences that you know of? You know how a number of celebrities have had them. Uh, what about Pink Floyd? Have any of them ever seen a UFO? Not that I know of. Um, it's not stuff that I know of. Um, Source of the Secrets is it's an awesome album. If, if you're into that more psychedelic end of things. Um, I think if you actually look at the album cover, um, it, Doctor Strange is on there and all kinds of other bits and pieces. You have a look at it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what Source of Blue Secrets was actually a reference to. Um, I know how they created it. Um, they're um, architectural students, so they built it more like um, the arrangement, like an architectural arrangement. <laughs> hey, but, let's discuss that further in our next segment. David, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Message and data rates may apply. Help, seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude. 
put down the razor because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish. GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. David Stone, we stopped you in the middle (laughs) of your action. Uh yeah, um, you were asking about if any of the um, members of Floyd have actually seen a UFO. They've never talked about it. But then again, knowing what I know about the members of the Floyd, um, they're very, very quiet about stuff. And they're very matter-of-fact and fairly sensible people. I know there's the whole trope of the, you know, being acid-washed and drenched music. Those guys were pretty sober. They're more businessmen than anything else. Um, otherwise, generally, they probably wouldn't have made it. And if you look at the style of music that Floyd is, was there really ever a market for it? No, but they created it. Um, and it was a lot of hard work for them to do it. Uh, Isn't that know. the way it always goes, though? I mean, it, whenever there's some sort of supposed overnight sensation, I, I go, yeah, right. Let's just have a closer look at this. And chances are they've had to put in a lot of hard work and pay their dues and mm. uh, over a number of years to get where they've gone. Yeah, or 10 years to overnight success, yes. <laughs> well, well okay. That. All right. So you might know this, though, with another connection with Floyd and UFOs. Uh, they were known for performing back in the 60s at a club in London called... Mm-hmm. The UFO Club. The UFO <laughs> Club. Exactly. Yeah. That's where it was born, where a lot of their lighting designing and et cetera was all developed um, back then. They actually had um, lighting units that um, worked with um, oil over here projector and um, different bulbs. They called them Daleks because occasionally they'd explode and they'd be firing broken glass out <laughs> onto them on stage. <laughs> Very British. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's where it all began. Um, a lot of stuff actually developed there. Um, band called Soft Machine, etc. Another thing, uh, just not to get too far away from Floyd, but we owe sort of a debt of gratitude to um, groups like the Beatles for being able to start to be directly creative in a studio. Um, because up to that point, you couldn't do that. You couldn't just go in there and, and, and be directly creative and develop things in a studio. You went in, you recorded it, you left. And without the Beatles breaking that, 
Pink Floyd probably would not have actually ever been able to do the stuff that they did because they were able to go in there and experiment and create things on the spot. So that's experimentalism from that sort of late 1960s, early 1970s sort of style thing um, was really a direct um, knock on from the Beatles being able to just go in there and start creating things. I mean, I think most of us have a copy of Sgt. Pepper's. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, we know John Lennon saw a UFO. Yeah. With, yeah. with he was with was it May Pang at the time? I think. Mm. But um just just sticking with uh Floyd briefly here, mm. uh this is something you're gonna love if you don't already know. He auctioned off a bunch of his guitars. Mm. Hundred a hundred and twenty-seven items. Gene, you're gonna love this too. Okay. Can you guys do, do either one you you might already know this, David, but mm. How much do you figure that his guitars went for, Ray's? This was for a charity called Client Earth. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I do believe, what was it? His black strat went for just shy of four million. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow. Three I mean, million, nine hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars for a black Stratocaster. I mean, I own a replica, but it's like, wow. <laughs> the one that surprised me that didn't go for a higher price was the um, gold top Les Paul that he used oh. for doing the solos for um, another Brick on the Wall Part 2. That's the um, We Don't Need No Education. And that, mm. that went for only a few hundred thousand dollars, which um, for me, out of that, I mean, no, no, the, the black strap was the big one everybody wanted to buy. But for me, I was looking at ones like, oh, if I only had some extra money, I'd love that other guitar. <laughs> but it had a white strat, I guess, that went for uh, 1.8 million. Yeah. That was also used in another brick on the wall. Yep. Yes, the um, rhythm part, I believe, is a, is a strat. Mm. Um, when yeah. I play it live, I, I use a um, I use a gold top Les Paul. Um, I own one myself. Um, I try to get as close to original sounds as I can. I must spend hours sitting there in my studio at home trying to get things as close tonally to the original. But I can't even get 100% because I don't have his fingers. I mean, a lot of it, if any guitar players out there, the tones in your fingers, people, put the gear away. <laughs> you asked me, I had no way of predicting what these things go for. I do have a black Fender Strat in the closets, Grayson's. Probably worth now, what, $125? Oh, I'll buy it off you. Yeah. yeah, sure. It's, <laughs> just send it. I'll send you a check tomorrow. If it's a genuine black Strat, no doubt. It's I'll a real one, the, but I I'll want even, to keep it here. I'll even pay the difference in the, uh, the exchange rate. Oh, some of those guitars can go for enormous prices. I worked on a friend of mine's um, Strat. I think it was a 70, 78 or 79 Stratocaster. I think it's worth something about $35,000, $40,000. I mean, in, in great condition, these instruments can be worth quite a lot of money. Um, I've got some investment ones myself, which are quietly sitting there. I won't talk about on here. But, um, you know, we... You know, you collect them. I don't collect them because they're, they're worth something. I collect guitars simply because I've got a use for them. Um, and also my uh, wife also plays guitar as well. So in this household, it's not an argument over, are we buying another guitar? It's who gets another one next. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, is. I, I, was, uh, I saw, uh, it was just, well, it's almost a couple of years ago now, but uh, Jackson Brown came through town doing a solo show mm -hmm. and he had a lineup of guitars behind him. And he, uh, I'll never forget his comment on it. Uh, he said, well, some people wonder, you know, why do I need so many guitars? And I used to wonder the same thing mm -hmm. before I knew and learned about guitars. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just before I knew about them, 
it was just like, why would anybody need a whole, you know, 50 guitars? And it, yeah, well. <laughs> I don't think Joe Bonamassa needs as many guitars as he has. Um, that's just an horrendously huge collection. <laughs> but um, everyone I have, they're all used for different purposes. I have them for good reason, um, namely because the cost of them, I can't just go out and buy one every week. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm not a millionaire, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, Randy Bachman had a whole bunch. I guess the, there was a guitar museum that burned down. And they lost a whole bunch, so he don't, mm. donated a whole bunch of his guitars to this guitar museum oh, down in the states. Yeah. Oh, anyway, that's... we're totally away from the paranormal. Oh, now. absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. Some guitar, guitars paranormal. <laughs> Maybe it's Bring a this... paranormal guitar. A paranormal guitar. Okay. It kind of switches in and out from this dimension to another dimension oh, of sight yeah. and sound. Hey, folks, let me tell you something here before we, before uh, Mr. and Mr. Giggles there uh, are silent, I can tell you that we are still rebuilding our new Paracast shop at theparacast.shop. We've got all sorts of branded merchandise for logos you pick the logo you select the merchandise i think it's triple xl the size the maximum size so if you are the 400 pound programmer in the basement who is the real person who hacked the democratic no it, that didn't happen but whatever it is we've got size for you and we of course welcome your reaction to the story we're still working on the formatting getting the glitches out so the paracast.shop check it out it's, of course, then we also have the Paracast Plus, where we offer the After the Paracast podcast. You never know what's going to happen next. This show, free of the network, adds better quality audio. So David and Randall sound great, and I sound the same. Go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus, for more info. Gene, Randall, David, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full-body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The Trump administration declared a public health emergency over the coronavirus outbreak. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says officials are taking steps to help reduce the spread of the disease here in the U.S. Any U.S. citizen returning to the United States who has been in Hubei province in the previous 14 days will be subject to up to 14 days 
of mandatory quarantine to ensure they've pro- they are provided proper medical care and health screening. The Trump administration on Friday expanded its travel ban to include restricting visas for an additional six countries. The proclamation bans people from Eritrea, Kyrgyzstan, Myanmar, and Nigeria from receiving immigrant visas and suspends the visa lottery for people from Sudan and Tanzania. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right call because the best prices are not online they're with smartfares see smartfares has special deals with the airlines when they have unsold seats they use smartfares to fill them so you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices our prices are too low to publish online with the extra money you'll save you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. I'm here with Scott Uceum, founder of OMG Tax. Tell us how your company helps our listeners out there who have a problem with the IRS. My team of lawyers, enrolled agents, and licensed tax experts remove wage garnishments sometimes in the same day. We even have reduced the total debt some of our clients were required to pay through what is known as an offer in compromise. Can you give us an example of somebody you help? Oh, can I ever? We have taken a $500,000 liability with the IRS. Guess what? The client didn't pay a dime through the representation known as non-collectible status with the government. If you owe the IRS more than $10,000 and you want to see if it's possible to pay a lot less, call OMG Tax right now for a free tax-saving consultation. Call 800-486-8112. That's 800-486-8112. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Pass the guitars. And I have a violin in there, too, from Grayson. I don't have any other guitars. I had several guitars years ago in another lifetime. But forgetting about those things for the moment, rock stars have always had an affinity to UFOs and the paranormal. Mm. Celebrities in general. But then I I think, Gene, wasn't it you that uh, I think for the longest time, uh, I I would say that William Shatner had had an experience, but then I think you said that actually it turned out that he confessed that he made up the whole thing because it was all part of just what celebrities were doing. And so therefore, in order to, you know, you don't want to uh, rock the boat. So he, he just said he had one too. Uh, let me tell you the backstory. This is the back in the late seventies, looking for some UFO article assignments, and there was something called, I think, Saga's UFO Report with Saga Magazine, one of those famous men's magazines. Whatever. He asked me, the editor, would you write something up? And I had heard the story about William Shatner and the UFO he saw. 
I guess he was on his motorcycle or something. I wrote it up. It was published. And then not too many years ago, I learned that it was all made up. But William Shatner is an interesting <laughs> character, no matter what. No doubt. But nowadays, uh, we don't talk about Shatner. We talk about someone else who, <laughs> right? Star yeah. Trek Picard. Yeah, Star Trek Picard. I haven't seen any of that yet. Um, I'm waiting. I, I, I am more of a Star Trek than a Star Wars fan, I must admit. <laughs> um, for me, I go back and watch the originals all the time. Uh, and it, Next Generation was okay, but I, I'm very much, you know, the original Star Trek crew <laughs> sort of fan and, and, and will always remain so. Um, I do believe me and my wife about a ooh, while back um, started to actually watch from the very first one right through to the um, to the last of the original series. We didn't quite get there. <laughs> but um, but did, did you uh, get the DVDs with the updated uh, special effects? Well, back then when we started doing that, you could get them out from uh, you. You get DVDs out from a um, from a, a video store. Sure. <laughs> we didn't own them. Yeah. Oh, so okay. um, since then, they've they've redone the the graphics for the ship and uh, done it in CGI, and it, it looks much better. Uh, they've improved the color, and I've got them. And I've just been going through some old episodes recently uh, as well. Just watched the Doomsday Machine the other mm. night. You know, a real thing. I, I swear yeah. that that's where they got the Jaws theme from, was that, <laughs> that particular episode, you know. Actually, something I just did recently was go back through the whole series of Blake 7. That's a, uh, for those people who don't know, that's a, that's a British um, sci-fi show. Um, that's really good. It's one of my favorites as well. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Blake Seven fan, and um, and of course uh, Doctor Who. Why not? I grew up with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How do you like Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who? I got off the Doctor Who train before that. I think it sort of had run its course, at least with the last Doctor before her. Um, so I haven't watched any. Uh, I might do. Um, I don't know. I stay away from the whole political correctness sort of side of things. I'll take the shows on its merit. If it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. I think in a lot of ways, I think, and I'm going to upset Doctor Who fans here, I think it may have run its course and probably should have stopped a while ago. <laughs> well, I think the way they get away with it is they get a new actor or actress to play Doctor Who now. It goes on for two or three years, and they can bring back the Daleks and the Cybermen and the Master because it's a brand new show, brand new person, brand new personality, and you pick up some of the old plot tropes. But after doing this for hundreds and hundreds of episodes, are yep, there any new bored. ideas? <laughs> no. No, there aren't. <laughs> I think it's just rolled around and around and around. Uh, a lot of the, it's certainly some of the last um, series as I watched, it was pretty much in, in a lot of respects, and I'm going to upset Doctor Who fans again, just rolling out exactly the same plots that, in, in some respects that Pertwee, et cetera, had done and, and, and all the other previous Doctors. So I got bored. <laughs> I mean, it looks good. It looks great. But, you know, looking good. Uh, doesn't mean it's a good program, nor a good movie. And that goes out to the people who've just watched the latest Star Wars. Just because it looks good doesn't make it a good movie. <laughs> Speaking of the latest Star Wars, to me, that I only saw two of the three parts of the trilogy. It consisted largely of retreads of older movies with newer characters. It's kind of like what J.J. Abrams did with the new Star Trek crew, the Kelvin timeline, starting
Star Trek mm. Into Darkness was a very, very poor remake of Wrath of Khan, which cannot uh-huh. be imitated. No. <laughs> but no, that's absolutely. what I mean. I wonder about J.J. Abrams. Has he ever done anything original? Mm. But you wouldn't think so, judging by uh, the look of the uh, the Star Wars. Uh, sorry, the Star Wars reboot, because it's basically what it is, and the Star Trek reboot, um, the Kelvin timeline. I think you know. But what I said about um, Doctor Who, we're just going over and over the same tropes. Give us something new. And I think, what is it about the trend with Hollywood to just take old films? And let's do a remake. Let's do a remake. Come up with a new idea, for God's sake, please. Well, it's like it's like music, though. It's like there's only so many different things that you can come up with before you start having to repeat it, but with more upgraded uh, special effects and so on. Like probably, I think one of the last sort of original ones that I I really liked was, of course, The Matrix. Mm. With yeah, you know, with with Star Trek, they did to their credit, and this is something that I was I'd been waiting for in sci-fi. They went from just exploring our universe as the space-time continuum that we know to being able to go into an other completely different universe, and that was with Discovery, and that that's really interesting because I was waiting for a show that would do that, but then it it just seemed kind of anticlimactic to me. Mm, yeah. Mm. The one thing I like about Star Trek Discovery, and I got to see it. They had a free sampling of CBS All Access. In other parts of the world, you get it through Amazon Prime. A free access. So we binged the show two seasons. And they had a younger Spock with a beard, played by an actor named Ethan Peck, who was the grandson of Gregory Peck. Now, in the, the spoiler, folks, in the last episode of season two, And this is, again, 10 years before the Enterprise, where Captain Pike is the commander of the starship and Spock is his number one officer. He comes on deck clean shaven with the traditional Star Trek uniform that Spock wore. And he looks a lot more like Leonard Nimoy than Zachary Quinto. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he also his acting is better, too. Yeah. Now I'll have to check that out when I get a chance. But of course, then in the original series, they had the alternate universe episodes there. They had the the one where it was the mirror universe where everyone was evil instead of uh, like, you know, and that goes all the way back to the 60s. So really, you know, is it really new or is it just are they just regurgitating that again and and putting it together with fancier (laughs) special effects and new actors? I I think you're right. (laughs) I think you're right. Um, definitely with that start, the the Star Wars stuff. It's just, you know, doing a new hope, um, Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi basically rehashed into something new and not as well done. Um, it doesn't have the gravitas. It's something you sit there and watch something like Empire Strikes Back and it feels dark. It's brooding. It works. Um, the new ones, they don't. Um, they're visually fantastic. And the one thing about J.J. Abrams, you know the films are going to look fantastic. Um, great scenery. But acting-wise, mm, take her or leave it. I mean, it's not a bad series. It's just not good. <laughs> Let's just yeah, move I- past into the paranormal after this. I just wanted to say this. Yep. In the Star Trek original reboot, they try to show their advanced special effects and how big the Enterprise is by running a lot across the ship. 
oh my god it's so big it's vast we're starting to see all this dimension to it the special effects are better but the plot eh, more to come with david gene randall and who knows what else you're in the paracast for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hey guys, it's Sue Cosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxitril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door. To find out how to get your bottle of Noxitril, call 800-421-0954. 800-421-0954. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-421-0954. 800-421-0954. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Big the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. We're off Star Trek. We're off Star Wars. We're not going to get into Stargate, which has its own fandom in several series. We're not going to do that. We were talking primarily about music and the paranormal about different artists who have an affinity for things. Of course, we know John Lennon in the mid-70s saw UFO with his then-girlfriend, May Pang, when he was separated from Yoko Ono. We don't want to get into that, except for the fact that we wonder here, if you are this super creative type, does that make you more sensitive to weird stuff? Mm, that is an interesting hypothesis. I don't know. I mean, maybe you being artistic makes you look at the world in a different way. Maybe that they're going to get esoteric here. Uh, Maybe it opens you up to experiencing different things that your general everyday Joe Blow wouldn't. Um, I don't know. Um, The question is how many of us here have had a UFO um, experience? Um, Randall? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one for sure, then just some other things that were uh, sort of anomalous in terms of things flying around, but I couldn't be as sure about them because they were too far up. They're just sort of like stars, kind of, that would, uh, or a satellite, say, you know, if anyone's watched a satellite. Uh, I saw one, it was coming across above, right above my house, way up there. You can see them, they just look like a bright star. Mm-hmm. And then it just stopped. Yep. And I'd never seen one do that yeah and uh, it just stayed exactly where it was and so i thought okay that's different went in the house grabbed my binoculars came back out and it was gone you know uh, strange enough um myself and, and 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 meg had exactly very similar experience just standing there outside and watching the stars and very very similar um bright light coming down very slowly um and stopped <laughs> So, you know, what is that? Certainly not a helicopter. Not at that, not at that altitude anyway. So I don't know. A lot of time we're upon these sort of sightings, from myself's concerned, I always take it with a grain of salt saying, is there a, a natural f- phenomenon I could attribute this to? Is Could it be man-made? I don't know. So hence the whole UFO or UAP or whatever you want to label it these days. Oh, Um, yeah, there's another thing. Okay, so recently we had uh, Jerome Clark on, and I like taking a poll of people on this. And I I wanted to 
take a poll with Leslie on it because in the past she's been a real promoter of the whole UAP thing back when she was uh, sort of hooked in with NARCAP, but she seems to have distanced herself from that to some degree. But where do you stand in that? Jerome Clark goes, you know, when I asked him, he just goes, I think it's silly. I mean, everybody knows we're talking about UFOs, so why pretend that we're not with some other acronym? I think it's just trying to sanitize a word that's been around for some time to try and make it look more respectable. Who cares? It's a UFO, unidentified flying object. You don't know what it is. Um, UAP, I mean, the same thing. I mean, <laughs> use what you like, but I think in a lot of ways, we're just fooling ourselves. We know what these are. I mean, you call them a flying saucer if you like. So I fall on the side of it. I don't care. Call it what you want. Um, yeah, we know we're talking about alien craft of some kind. <laughs> so don't stop try trying to cover us. it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, stop trying to pretend it's something else and that you're looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Gene? Are you going to go UAP anytime soon or are we well, sticking here's with the UFOs? Thing. I was thinking about this while you were talking. We started off with Flying Saucer. When Captain Rupelt became head of Project Blue Book, they devised, or he devised, a more respectable term because flying saucers sounded, you know, kind of wacky. And this way they can be more serious about it. Over the years, though, over 60 years later, flying saucer doesn't work. UFO has a stench because of all the craziness in the UFO field. One talk show host no longer with us said the UFO field was toxic. It doesn't matter who it was. So they devised UAP to separate themselves from those wacky UFO people and those even crazier flying saucer people. And that's all it is. I will possibly use it in talking to people who have heard of it that way. But otherwise, it's still UFO to me. Here's the thing. So how many more years until a new term comes up? That's why I just don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, people have tried over the years. UAP is the first one that's really stuck. Mm. Uh, since UFO. So I suppose if people want to use it, but I, I mean, like the reasoning that you were giving there, Gene, I, I find it really disrespectful to the people who have been struggling within the ufology community who are fine with calling themselves ufologists and people who study UFOs who are serious about it and don't deserve to be painted with the same tinfoil hat brush that the, the, UAP elitists, you know, want to put on us. There's a lot of really good people out there in the past who've done some really great work. And, you know, Alan Hynek, for example, mm. from QFOS. I mean, he, mm. the UFO experience, worked with the Air Force. Is he a tinfoil hat wearing that? No, he was a chairman of the Dearborn Observatory. He's a serious scientist. And, exactly. I, and I, think, I think to take the, the label away from them, and shove them into the same camp is, is just not fair-minded, personally. Well, it's disrespectful in a lot of, a lot of ways. <laughs> I didn't say I agreed with it. I said, this is what's well, going hey, on. I know, we're just talking. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you were being disrespectful. I understand no. what your point is. And I was just making, you know, sort of the counterpoint to that. There I go again. Why do I always get blamed? <laughs> it was me. It was me. It that wasn't said me. It. Don't blame me. You know, it was like, me that said that. I can't help it, people. <laughs> it's just who I am, I guess. It's built in. I'm, I'm, I can't help but stir up controversy somehow. Okay, but speaking of these lights in the sky, okay, something we've been having lately 
are these drone swarms. And at first I didn't think too much of them, Mm. but they're getting weirder and weirder because they still don't know who's responsible for them. I was looking them up prior to the show here to see if somebody's gotten to the bottom of it. And in Colorado there, they said that the police are looking for someone in a van that had some antennas on it. So there's somebody out there. We don't know if they're responsible for flying the things or if they're just out trying to figure it out like the rest of us. Yeah, trying to track it. And then I ran across a video of somebody who's on a ship out in the middle of the ocean. Now, okay, it's one thing to be, say, out in the countryside somewhere where maybe you could have a, a drone group or something and i've seen them do that across in the field for me where they'll have a bunch of things out and it looks pretty cool even at night i think anyone who didn't really realize what was going on from a distance might be tempted to think of them as strange but some of these drone swarms they're quite large they do look kind of weird but over land you can imagine that there's some group out there a bunch of people playing with the remote controlled drones but then this guy's got a picture of them out over the ocean and he's like on a ship out in the middle of no place and they're just out over the ocean that's like little, it looks like about 20 of them it's really bizarre that's a little harder to dismiss <laughs> so i mean so what's going on with that well every month the ufo knots go fishing <laughs> <laughs> um i don't have any answers for you there randall um there's a there's a couple of places on YouTube I have a look at stuff. I think it's a guy called I think Suspect Sky who posts stuff, um, just long videos of just um, of stuff from around the world. So quite a lot of it you can just go, mm, yeah, that probably is just a group of people with drones. That's a helicopter, you know. That's uh, Chinese lanterns, you know. But then again, there's other videos you go, mm, it's a little harder to dismiss, um, ruling out the possibility of people doing a sort of CGI digital manipulation um, because I bet there's a lot of that floating around. Uh, you know, you get some that you look and go, well, how the hell? Does that happen? Um, just like the one you're saying, uh, the drone swarm off an ocean. Uh, if it's real, that's pretty crazy. Um, is it? But has it been faked? Has it been um, manipulated in any way, shape, or form? I mean, that's another problem with our technology now is that we're able to do that sort of thing and fool a lot of people. I mean, we've seen a lot of fake stuff over the years. So, yeah, uh, muddying the waters, <laughs> so to speak. You know something yeah, here, days. we're going to have some very muddy waters in a couple of moments. But we're talking to David Stone, known as Stoneheart in our forums. We don't push the forums very much, but activity goes up and down depending on the day of the week. We have a big discussion on consciousness and the paranormal. And maybe we'll focus more on that for an episode because it has consumed 12 separate segments, each of which has thousands of messages. So it's one of the most popular message threads in the forum. I think it's the only one that's more popular than the original one we did uh, about that certain one-armed contactee in Europe. (laughs) Who shall not be named. More about his promotional person who shall not be named. We will not name them. We will name something else in a moment. Gene Randall, David, you're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, our engineer friend David Stone has been a little dispassionate here. Can we talk about personal experiences? Do you have any? I actually do. I've got two of note. One I've already talked about that was with with, uh, Meg. The other one happened a number of years ago. Um, So... You can believe this if you don't or not. I don't actually care um, because that's what I say to people. Oh, come on. Everybody cares. We don't want to tell a story where everybody goes now. So I'll set the scene. It is summertime here in Canterbury, which is your wintertime up there. I've come home from work, worked late on a production. I'm at home in Christchurch for once, watering the garden. It's about 1 a.m. in the morning. And I'm just sort of staring up at the sky, having a cigarette as I do. And lo and behold, I see something. The only way, what I did to a friend of mine recently, I described it as more like uh, the Douglas Adams quote. It hung in the air exactly the way bricks don't. It was a cylinder object, I don't know, massive. Um, I can't really put my head in it, around it. Very, very high, completely gunmetal gray, no lights, no sound, um, a very faint green glow under the underside of it. Apparently, according to Meg, because I just walked, I dropped the hose and just walked inside and said, pour me a drink. Because what do you do when you start? I should have gone and got a, a, a camera, but the fact is, it just. Yeah, or some binoculars or something. 
<laughs> no, you see, this is a thing, and I think this is what happens to a lot of people. They'll see something like that, and it's just so out of the ordinary. You're in a state of shock to an extent. Here I am. I'm I'm in, into um, UFOs in, in a very big way, and in, in, in the paranormal. For me, seeing something, an object of that size, I looked in and go, nah, I didn't see that, and just walked inside. Um, because your mind, I don't think, is prepared for it. And maybe the consciousness and the paranormal um, is something maybe I should post on there about what happens. I think a lot of times people who actually see have you by encounters don't know how to cognate it. Are we actually seeing what we're seeing? Is your mind filling in blanks in some other way to try and help understand what you are seeing? And this is what I've wrestled with ever since that particular sighting. Yes, I don't the- know. <laughs> to, to, to get a better picture of this sighting, then, well, you know, was it as large as, say, a you know, a quarter at arm's length or in terms of size, how would you describe it in, in those terms? I would say in front of my desk here is a, a vivid pen held up at large at arm's length. Like a, a writing pen. tool. Yeah. Like a writing tool, hold it up. So, so, it. so it's about five inches. Okay. Okay. Something like that. If it were a jet, like a large mm. jet, that would be within a few thousand feet of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting up at around about 11 o'clock. And if I remember rightly, it was sitting on toward southeastern horizon. Uh, sorry, south, yeah, southeastern horizon, correct? Southeastern horizon. I've actually got it written down here, um, so I wrote this stuff down. I would say it was probably up at a few thousand feet. It was definitely above the cloud layer, and it wasn't moving very fast. Uh, the whole sighting lasted maybe 30 seconds, and it just ceased to exist. So it was there, oh, and then it see? wasn't. Oh, Okay, so that's different. You've got to ask yourself about that. Did I actually see what I saw? And I do actually, you've got to sort of self-check yourself when you see um, stuff like this and go, well, did I actually see that? Or have I seen something else and my brain's filled in the blanks? Or Uh, A stimulus response comes from photons that come from outside your eyes into your optical nerve and then into your brain it's not hallucinations are very very rare this is one of these things that really drives me nuts with the skeptics Mm -hmm. where they say people have false memories and false perceptions and everything else and but you can flip that around and go actually memory is amazing with people too and when people see things it's usually because there's something there that's how we've evolved we've evolved to be detectors of optical wavelengths so it, chances are you weren't just making this up. You did see something. Now, something interesting for you. Now, um, I try and find the case, but there was a case here in Canterbury around about the same time as somebody seeing an object very similar um, down at low altitude. Um, it was a security guard out checking in one of the um, farm buildings outside of the um, city. And he got quite ill because of it. And I can't oh. find the damn case on you focus New Zealand. Because at the time I thought, well, this is a large object. I cannot be the only person who's seen this. See what I mean? So yeah, you, definitely. you go and look for that sort of thing. So you're trying to find and see, okay, can I cross-reference this with other people? Um, and, you know, that's the engineer's brain of mine kicking around and going, how can I confirm this? Um, how can I back this up? Never really been able to. But um, <laughs> if you ever talked to Meg, did she say, I looked like a... a I'd seen a ghost. <laughs> I was completely white. <laughs> Sound as how I want to give me a drink. <laughs> I want to sit down and, and and try not to think about it. Um, maybe because I was such, and I have been quite a skeptic with with UFOs for so long. 
largely because I think a lot of it can be attributed to um, to natural phenomenon and and just misidentified aircraft and et cetera, et cetera. But maybe that isn't what we're really interested in. I think mean, was it said before, you know, it's 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 not the ninety nine percent of cases that can be proven to be natural. It's the that one percent at the other end you just cannot give an explanation for and for me that's i can't give any explanation for that i don't know what it is unless human humanity's flying around in large cylinders that are completely gunmetal gray that make no sound and disappear i'm not sure that's that's ours <laughs> although you know of course then of course here we go mr skeptic is it's like mm-hmm. all right this is remind okay we think large sort of cylindrical object blimp right okay so it's, it's gunmetal gray but could we have some sort of cloaking technology now? Could that could it be coated with something that could make it blend into the sky so that it can't be seen now? And you know what? With our technology now, how do we know they weren't just flying some blimp that was supposed to be some sort of uh, clandestine observation, a spy blimp or something? You know, testing some kind of spy blimp. And I I've, I've actually thought of that myself. I think mm-hmm. that there's a possibility. Um, yeah. The only thing is, in New Zealand, if you know anything about aviation here, there are absolutely no blimps in this country. <laughs> we don't have them. Um, we do have hot air balloons, having been up on one, but um, we don't have anything of that size. Uh, and maybe out of Pine Gap, Australia, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not mm-hmm. that far away from here, and they do fly um, drones out from um, there. So that's entirely possible. Um, I, I guess suspect most people know what Pine Gap is, um, if not look it up. But it's interesting. It's a... Um, it's a top secret um, facility in the middle of Australia, <laughs> literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's yeah. like Australia's area 51 sort of, yeah, pretty but much. more of a listening post with, uh, they, they keep in touch with a lot of the satellites and orbital. It's, it's, it's basically a super high tech spy station. It's also part of five eyes. We have a part of it over here in, um, Blenheim, uh, called Waihopai, um, which is part of it as well. Um, that's the Northern part of the South Island where I live on the East coast. Um, yeah, I, I, it makes me kind of think or remember about um, the whole uh, airship flap that um, New Zealand experienced. I think dates of that, I remember rightly, it was around about the 1909, my notes here. So it kind of reminded me something of that um, as well. It's sort of, um, there was a period, if there's people who don't know the airship flap of um, uh, from between, I think it was between 1918 something and 19. 19- 13, I think it's when it finally died out. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but there was quite an extensive series of sightings here in New Zealand, right up and down the East Coast here. Um, and as far away as up toward Auckland, um, before it moved along to Australia, and, and, and the sightings began there. The interesting thing about that is back in the around that time period, in 1909, there were no dirigible craft here in New Zealand at all. Um, there, was, there were no aircraft either. I mean, it was literally... Uh, it must have surprised the heck out of people. There were groups of people who were trying to say, well, this could quite possibly be some backyard inventor. Um, that did get ruled out in the end. Um, so to this date, like um, the rest of the world, nobody really truly knows what this whole sort of um, uh, incident actually was. Uh, but it certainly... Um, well documented in our local newspapers from the time. Uh, you can look up in Otago Daily Times and stuff like that if you ever actually want to have a look yourself. Um, there's quite a lot of documentation on it. So, I don't know. Um, what do you think, Randall, the whole sort of airship thing? Because, yeah, I think I think you kind of hit on something there. It, it is what 
I've actually seen. Is it just an airship? I would ear toward human technology. I don't like, as I said earlier, I don't like jumping onto alien hypothesis. Um, We're going to end that at a hypothesis. More to come with Gene Randall. David. Gene Randall, David. I'm forgetting my names. I don't know. Gene Randall, David, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results vary. Exclusions apply. Contacts and glasses are such a hassle. I'd love to finally get LASIK, but... I'm going to stop you right there. If you want LASIK, then the LASIK Vision Institute has officially taken away everything standing in your way. Isn't LASIK expensive? Not at the LASIK Vision Institute. We're offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. See for free if LASIK is right for you by texting 288 to 350350. But I'm really busy. A text only takes seconds, and the LASIK procedure... typically only takes 15 minutes. And best of all, most patients can get back to work the following day. I had no idea. The LASIK Vision Institute uses the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision. We've performed over 1.3 million procedures. That's experience you can trust. And we're offering 20% off our already low-cost services. What's that text again? Text DO88 to 350350. That's DO88 to 350350 to schedule your free consultation today. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio. Pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio. The media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. All right, we're here putting the universe together in a tiny little bow with Gene Randall David. No, we're not doing that, are we? No, wouldn't it be not. nice if well i don't know maybe it's mysteries that make life interesting <laughs> talking about airships okay so before the break we were talking about s- strange flying objects and of course that's what ufos have always been they seem to be something from outside beyond the boundaries and constructs of, of our known civilization at the time it's really interesting the way you described ufos before the break you know if it's something I don't know what else you could call it because it's not like anything else we can we know of or that we oh. could even perhaps make and actually that's what the USAF defined them as so it's, they're not yeah. simply they're not just simply well it's a vague light off in the distance these are like what you say you look at something and you go you've got enough information to say if it was an airplane because you can see that this cylinder that you saw it had no wings for example mm-hmm. Right. It didn't look like an aircraft. You saw it clear enough and you were going, well, I don't know what it could have been. And you have just about all the information that, you know, maybe, you know, if we we stretch it, make it into a stretch and say, well, the 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 Air Force has some secret spy blimp or something that might be an explanation. But it's always something that is highly out of the ordinary and unexplainable, very unusual. And the airships back in those days were just like that. Absolutely. Interesting how they describe them as airships. They're trying to describe them with what technology they knew at the time. And so we're trying to do the same thing here. Like, is it, it is a modern blimp. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea. Right. Um, well, I mean, it, if it, if you had seen it all of a sudden accelerate off and zigzag across the sky at you know 400 miles an hour, we'd be going, no, no blimp. Like the guys um, in the Agassiz aircraft uh, over Kokoda here in the East Coast who saw the um, uh, series of lights that were following them and coming in close and disappearing. There's video of it online. Those, the, the pilot and people on board were absolutely certain this wasn't an aircraft. They didn't know what it was. Mm. Um, 
Well, yeah, yeah, you've got some really interesting uh, waters down there. I mean, there, I think it was mm. Timothy Good wrote in in um, Alien Base. There's there's people who say, well, you know, they think there's an underwater UFO base somewhere yep. off the coast of the North Island down um, there. Uh, actually, off the coast of Kokoda, off the coast of the south, um, east coast of the South Island, not far oh, from where okay. I am in in Pegasus Bay. Is well, that's interesting because. I'm actually yeah. looking right now at an article that says the North Island. <laughs> yeah, so, there, I mean, they, a number they, of they're all over yeah. the place. Who knows? I mean, I've yeah. heard stories from uh, guys who do fishing um, up along the East Coast have said some mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I know one one story, and I'll, I'll leave their names out of it, um, people I know. Um, they were out um, fishing very late at night in all the early hours in the morning they went out. It's not far from Kokoda. It's a little bit south. It's in the um, Kokoda Trench. But sorry, that's um, so the Chatham's Rise, which goes all the way out to Chatham Islands. They started to see a light underneath their boat, getting brighter and brighter and brighter, and it went straight underneath them. What would you call that? How would is it a submarine? No idea, because it was moving too fast. It went past them very quickly. The hypothesis: we'd no idea what the hell it is. And that's kind of seemed to me sounds like your classic USO that um, under. Um, submerged object type thing. Um, there are some other sort of stories that come up from along the coastline there of people seeing a lot of um, stuff up toward Waikari Pyramid Valley that's heading up toward uh, Lewis Pass in the South Island. There's been a lot of sightings up through there as well. Um, so this must be something about the east coast of the South Island. It seems to get a lot of UFO sightings. <laughs> Of course, a, a lot of the time you get people who sort of put stuff on local Facebook and go, I saw this big light come over the sky, you know, and you go, well, yes, that's the ISS. It goes over quite regularly. <laughs> so you do yeah. get this misidentified stuff happening. I try to refer people to looking at um, maps of satellites and bits and pieces. You can actually see a lot of these satellites go over and say, yes, if it's moving steadily across the sky, it's very high altitude, it doesn't deviate, it's very likely a satellite, um, you know, just just carry on, you know. You've seen a satellite. You've seen the ISS, etc. It's the ones that do like they did to you, Randall. Whereupon they stop. <laughs> That's the stuff you should mm. take off. <laughs> yeah, changing direction would be one thing. You know, in, a, in say in an arc, that might be explainable. The the yeah. ones that shoot off at a high high angle that that's harder to yeah. explain. But at least it's moving up there to just mm. stop. Yeah, that's a little different because to be in orbit, you have to be going really, really fast. Yes, you do. So, yeah. So you just don't go from there to geostationary orbit. You just don't do that. You (laughs) you just don't stop and then just hang there. It just yeah. So for me, that was a very, very curious one. Mm. But uh, you've got a couple of UFO investigative groups down there in New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, we do. I don't have anything to actually do with those groups. Um, I I do stuff on my own. Um, I've never been invited either. (laughs) That was because I've kind of I've kept myself kind of quiet and just and and read and research stuff myself. And I I discovered the Paracast a long time ago and member of the forum, so I tended just to come here um, to to discuss stuff anyway. I've been invited to a couple of groups on Facebook where I'm, you know, I watch and listen. Um, I tend to be seen as kind of overtly skeptical. It's not well, I'm not overtly skeptical. I just don't let my brains fall out with the next light that somebody posts on the uh, badly filmed off an iPhone camera. I mean, you know, seriously, show me something that 
is a little bit more interesting. Um, and but as again, as I said earlier on, I'm not so interested in, in the, the film of your lights in the sky. I'm more interested in how you people reacted. How what? Oh, how are you coping with this? The more the human angle of it. I think I think a lot of time that is missed out. How people actually do cope psychologically with the um, a situation that is completely out of the norm. Um, and, and a lot of time, also, I think there's a lot of people, as I've said before, they hoax. They're just doing it for attention. Uh, they're doing it to muddy waters to do sort of the whole sort of, um, you know, ha, 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 we fooled you into thinking there's little green men. Um, yeah, so you get that as well. Um, namely because I was, one of the reasons why I tend to stay away from a lot of so-called UFO groups. Um, I think a lot of people end up in those groups because they're true believers. They truly want to believe, oh, there is aliens visiting us. We don't know that. Um, is it possible? Yes, it's a very large universe, but we don't know that. So stop letting your brains drip out your ears, people, and <laughs> step back and take a good look first. Um, there you go. <laughs> what's what's your take on the contactees? Because apparently that's still going on. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, I don't really have a huge opinion on it then. I sometimes wonder if these are people that are either psychologically disturbed or are attention seeking or looking for a way to make some money out of it. Um, you know, you could ask the question, you know, if there's an, a, an alien species that's traveled, traveled billions of light years, why are they going to contact somebody living in a trailer park in the middle of nowhere? Um, you've got to ask that question. No, no, I don't think so. Let's not insult people living in trailer parks in the middle of nowhere. They might be perfectly good people. Yeah. They might be very uh, smart, very street smart. And maybe E.T. would rather see the average or the less than average earthling rather than the superior ones because the superior ones might fight back. That's ridiculous. Uh, we got more of Gene Randall and David Drin. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The Trump administration declared a public health emergency over the coronavirus outbreak. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says officials are taking steps to help reduce the spread of the disease here in the U.S. Any U.S. citizen returning to the United States 
who has been in Hubei province in the previous 14 days will be subject to up to 14 days of mandatory quarantine to ensure they are provided proper medical care and health screening. The Trump administration on Friday expanded its travel ban to include restricting visas for an additional six countries. The proclamation bans people from Eritrea, Kyrgyzstan, Myanmar, and Nigeria from receiving immigrant visas and suspends the visa lottery for people from Sudan and Tanzania. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right call because the best prices are not online they're with smartfares see smartfares has special deals with the airlines when they have unsold seats they use smartfares to fill them so you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices our prices are too low to publish online with the extra money you'll save you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Of course, you're voicing the common complaint about contactees, David, that they never contact anyone who has any prominence. Well, Whitley Strieber... It was mm-hmm. a famous author before he had his abduction experiences. So we have to mm-hmm. count for that. Mm-hmm. Well, down there, you've got something called You Focus. Museum. Yes, we do. Yeah. And so we had Susan Hansen on from their group, and she was coming across as very sort of middle of the road kind of UFO investigator. Uh, and then she got into the contactee thing where she claimed that she's actually been on the ships, mm-hmm. uh, listened to people lecture, and met other people from other countries on the ships. And I would say, well, you know, if you were having some kind of conference on a mothership, like what happened? Didn't anybody take a cell phone picture? <laughs> you know? 
perfect. Yeah. Or could you connect up later on and talk to each other, you know, and corroborate it? No, I just don't think that's. Well, happening. that's the funny thing. <laughs> we got into that and she said that she had heard of someone who was able to do that. And since then, we've actually, and I haven't been able to verify it, of course, but we've uh, heard that more than once now. Gene, uh, I think, uh, can, do you remember who it was that said that that had actually taken place where they got someone's name and were able to connect up afterwards and say, hey, remember, I met you on this ship. That was a book that was written by Kathleen Martin. And I'm looking up the co-author. That's where they talked about. That's where it gets to be pretty weird. There, Yeah, like if that's true. Denise Stoner was the name of the woman. She was on the show too. And when you hear that, you got to wonder, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah, exactly. How does that work? Mm. You know, you know, if you're exchanging business cards and then and then, you you know, one's from California and the other one's from New Zealand and you wake up the next day with a business card from someone from New Zealand. Uh, I mean, that's kind of I mean, if we can believe the story, right? Yeah, if you can believe the story, it's worth looking at. <laughs> Though, how do you actually sort of fully corroborate it as not having been sort of, I don't say to use the word hoaxed, but sort of set up? And that I, I don't know. Yeah, I tend to stay away from the whole contactee thing because um, I, I probably upset thing. I'd just upset everybody in trailer parks around the world. So <laughs> that was actually it's okay if you offend the UFO believers. Just don't offend the people in trailer parks. Yeah, that was like priceless, Gene. Definitely. Yeah, it's me um, my foot at that time. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, you know, it's a, we're all. It's all in good humor here. Like, I think it's important not to take ourselves too seriously all of the time. I'm notorious for being serious about it and getting serious about it. But you got to be able to back off, too. And Mm -hmm. and the the cultural aspect of it is actually really probably the biggest part of it. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, what would there be? There'd be a few people who claim to take it seriously here and there. and, And there really wouldn't be much to it. I mean, a question for you is like, this whole contactee thing, does it have a propensity to become semi sort of cult-like in some respects, or upon this is like a cult of personality around develops around them? Um, that would actually worry me about that sort of thing. Oh, this person's had contact with, with aliens, so we they've got the answers. You know, you know what I mean? I'm going oh, yeah. with that. Yeah, like yeah. the self-proclaimed galactic ambassadors, whether it's Rael or Stephen yeah. Gray or uh-huh. whatever the case might be. Yeah. And, and it doesn't help our cause. It really does sort of, it's, but, but again, more sort of mess in the water, muddying things up and making, you know, good excuses for the media to go kooky UFO people. It, it, yeah, it, it does worry me. It's why one of the reasons why I sort of tend to stay away from the whole sort of uh, contact the um, topic. I don't have a little bit of knowledge about it, but I stay away from it, essentially. Well, that's why uh, one of the guests, another one of the guests that we had on, uh, in the last year, Katina Kyle is doing the UFO conferences now as well. She also does a show and her next conference coming up this year, she is wanting to have people who are serious, a smaller conference, not a big, large one with all Mm -hmm. the bells and whistles and paraphernalia, but people Mm -hmm. who are seriously minded about it to get together and try to put something together in a more serious fashion. And I think we really do need that. Yeah, we do. Um, I was just going to ask you another question, actually. It's something I was actually, I've always kind of wanted to ask, and I should have put it up on the, um, on the forums. Travis Walton, do you believe oh. him or not? 
Well, I know our previous co-host, Christopher O'Brien, <laughs> would stick up for him. But personally, I think that there is too much questionable uh, circumstances uh, around, not the least of which that he, you know, he failed the lie detector test then, and then he he allegedly passed it but we now know that that was only after he gave them specific questions he would answer and no other ones and then he failed the big one on moment of truth i think it was called yeah and every time someone says well he had nothing to gain well he did actually there was a, a reward by the, I think it was the National Enquirer. He came out with some money from that. And then he, he, he's had book deals. And maybe he hasn't gotten rich, but he has gotten famous. Yeah. And, he's and, he has made, and he has made something of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. There's people who say they actually know where he was at the time that he, of mm. his disappearance. So then there's the whole issue of, the the payroll checks that you know he has and i don't this is a long time ago with him so i you know i don't like to to bring it up with people who've already sort of paid their dues and done but but i mean if you go back in time to when it happened and you look at the historical climate of the times and what was going on at the time well i mean would you believe someone who had just taken a bunch of payroll checks and forged their name on them to cash them in if they came up to you the next week and said hey i saw a ufo will you give me the the you know the the reward from a national enquirer i mean would anybody <laughs> i i would you write him a check i i don't know no I, that's just how i look at it and yeah and, you know maybe that's not fair and well you know, I, I, please I, I, forgive I, me for if if that's what it seems like but that's my personal take on the whole issue of the, of the walton case and, and very much the same for me. I, I his, there are too many inconsistencies. There's things that make little alarm bells go off in my brain. Pretty much the same things as you've said. And I go, you believe it if you want to, but I sort of don't. <laughs> well, that's no. concerned. And you know, but again, that whole abductee thing, um, contact the abductees. Um, how much of it do you believe? Are there actual cases that have got sort of real veracity to them? I mean, because I know the Travis Walton one was was sort of bounced around as being you know a definitive case for so long. When you start to look at it, as you if you just shown, it's like there's actually holes in here. There are problems with this. Um, yeah, major holes. But then again, yeah. maybe he's one. Maybe it's like a, a you know the boy who cried wolf kind of thing. Just you know, real events can happen to people who don't have credibility just because there's holes in his credibility doesn't mean that it necessarily didn't happen it yeah. still could have happened we, mm. so i'm not going to be the one to say that it didn't happen i'm just saying well uh you know given what else we know about the whole situation it's it's, it's not the highest case of reliability i don't think no i gray area um yeah. I would probably lean toward more the, you know, don't think it happened, but um, that's yeah. just me going out on a limb. I'll be honest about it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, okay, let's leave it in the gray area. Um, the question is, are there abductee cases that uh, have got some actual true veracity to them um, that you go, okay, yeah, I think something actually did happen to this person. Um, I don't really know of any myself, <laughs> to be honest well, with you. I mean, what about, what about Pascagoula, Mississippi? 
Now, we've had mm. Calvin Parker right. on the Paracast a couple of times. When he was young, he didn't go out promoting that case. He wanted to get as far away as possible. So mm. there may be a sense of credibility there. Or you can also be cynical and say he's late in his life and he wanted to make a few bucks from it. We've got one more segment with David Stone, Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bowe. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah but i would definitely use this product this product within minutes of applying it it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation try instantly ageless today at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at gcnlife.com that's gcnlife.com 
When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes, see Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our made in the USA microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part? Sunny Bay quality products started under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Nixon and Parker. Mr. Parker's been on the show a couple of times. Have you heard him, David? I must have. I'm sure I have. But I will say no right now because I can't (laughs) definitively say to you. And I've got to be truthful with things, Gene. (laughs) It happens to me, too. I mean, we've interviewed a number of people, and I don't recall everything. And once in a while, Gene will mention something, and then I I feel all embarrassed because it's like, I should know this. Actually, when we were interviewing Calvin, he came across as very personable and quite genuine. He didn't come across to me as someone who was trying to to pull one over on us. How about you, Gene? How did you feel about that interview? I've had some email exchanges with him after that, where he talked about a couple of personal things. He sounds sincere. He seems to be an individual who did have something weird happen. Now, I understand when they were first being interviewed by the police, they listened in on them, left them alone to see if there was anything there that would indicate they're making it up. Yes, I remember this now. (laughs) Mm. I would say the guy sincere, something probably happened to him. Was it being abducted by aliens? Who knows? Well, the other thing, too, is there's too many cases of it to just write it off. One mm. thing I would say is something weird is going on. And and for me, this goes all the way back to, well, basically, Bud Hopkins was the one who really brought it to the forefront mm. for me with the book Missing Time. Mm. And, you know, there's people who will diss on Bud Hopkins. But actually, I think he was a pretty good researcher in his own way. This phenomena of missing time does seem to be something real whether Mm. the experiences he was able to evoke from people were entirely accurate or not how do you account for these experiences of missing time and then a whole bunch of similarities in their stories because in many cases these people had these experiences before they ever met him they just found out about him And in some cases, Mm. they claim to have seen some sort of strange craft prior to the missing time before they went unconscious. So when you've got a combination of a sighting that is consciously remembered and then a whole bunch of missing time, 
you know, your car is suddenly no longer where it was. You've got three or four hours that go by and you mm. wonder what that thing in the sky you do remember was before that happened. And I mm. think that's a mystery that deserves some attention. I also oh, wonder here, we also should criticize or comment upon the hypnotic techniques of these investigators and whether they seem to attract cases that fit in with their worldview. Is it because uh, that's the way it is? People tend to contact them. Is it because their hypnotic regression techniques are flawed? And I've had my qualms about Dr. David Jacobs, who was mm. on the Paracast with me and Chris, and he got kind of upset with us towards the end of the show. Yeah, suggesting or basically leading. And it was not, I don't think it may be intentional in a lot of ways, but I think a lot of these hypnotic techniques, they end up suggesting or leading the so-called witness or abductee to into giving information that basically they were requiring or wanting. That's one of my major issues with that. So other than they've seen, have some missing time, they may have seen a strange light in the sky. A lot of ways, that's about as far as you can go with it. I mean, the moment you start getting into sort of hypnotic therapy and regression, you know, are you just end up suggesting to this person something that you actually want to have them say anyway? Um, that's where I come on it anyway. And I'm sure a lot of us actually do have that sort of similar opinion on it. Now, one thing Dr. Jacob said on the Paracast the last time he was on, you can search our archives on the site, theparacast.com. He said there are no leading questions when we talked to him mm-hmm. about it. Okay, red flags mm-hmm. went up after I heard that. <laughs> what exactly did he mean by that? Just the mere statement is certainly mm-hmm. enough to make you wonder. The, the mere situation that they're asking questions to somebody in a hypnotic trance is leading questions. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> You know, these people are in a situation whereupon they can be very easily influenced in remembering stuff that never actually happened to them. It's entirely possible. And in what veracity and what way you can, just because you've put somebody under hypnosis and you've asked them these questions and they say some stuff that you really want to hear, there's still no veracity there to say, well, any of this actually ever happened. Sorry to play devil's advocate, but in the end, how useful is this information? You could look at it that way and say, well, okay, maybe what he means by that is, you know, asking the question, well, did you see a UFO is just as valid as any other question because we don't really know don't exactly know. what it was the person saw <laughs> right I, I mean i don't know for sure but then there are people though who say no assisted memory recall using some of these techniques has had great success in other areas you know say if someone has forgotten a part of their life in the past, say maybe where they lived or have maybe had lost something, that, then they have been able to have success in people remembering where these things are. So why shouldn't it be applicable to a UFO experience? Just because it's something that's out of the ordinary for us doesn't mean it didn't happen to them. So yeah. maybe they are remembering actual things. Yeah, it may be. So not to go off into a tangent here, but as somebody who's became an educator, um, we do look into cognitive, I'm no psychologist by any stretch of the imagination, we do look at how 
people learn, like cognition, um, how the mind works. You know, it does concern me that these people are just being suggested because of the way our brain actually works, especially when we're in a vulnerable state. Because one of the things as an educator you're taught is how long to teach somebody, how to approach it, how much of what type of information you should be teaching for what length of time, and how memory actually physically works. After 20 minutes, your brain starts to disgorge and get rid of information that you've already just learned. Um, so you shouldn't really should have well, we're taught us not to push a class for too long. It does worry me, like, how do these people actually remember this stuff? I have a hard time trying to find my own keys some days, let alone remember what happened to me 35 years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I did an article for the Powercast newsletter, and I was trying to remember things about my childhood, and it's really scattered. It's very little of my and childhood that I remember. I remember myself in a crib. And I don't know what kind of awareness I I had at the time, except I was unhappy. I remember taking several boxes of clay and creating a figure that I stuck on the wall with a long snake-like appendage to it. Today, it looked like maybe it was an E.T. or something, a gray alien. This is when I was nine or ten years old. My parents tolerated it for hmm, a few days. And then one day I came home from school and it was gone. I didn't ask. Okay, let me ask both of you guys. This is a yes or no question. You guys probably don't live in the same houses that you did when you were children. Do you remember where they are and what the address was? And could you get there today if you had to without a, yes. without a map? Yes. Absolutely. I can give you the address. Yeah, 102 so Newport go. Street, Brooklyn, New York. Cool. Well, this was really awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, David. Well, you're welcome. I've really enjoyed it. It was quite a lot of fun. It comes up again. I'll, I'll be happy to pop on with people and have a chat. <laughs> Do you have a website or something we can check? No, not these days. If you want to catch up with me, just message me on the Paracast forum. I'm happy to chat to anybody anytime. So just hit me up there. What about um, your band if they want to hire you? If I want to hire us. Well, you want to check out A Trick of the Light. A Trick of the Light on Facebook, New Zealand group, and that's where we operate from. Because we do all our bookings, bits and pieces, and tour preparation off that. So that's about the best place to look up. And I can post it up on the Paracast on Forum anyway for everybody. Hey, guys, you can also find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Facebook, two communities or a group in a community or something of the other. Look at the Paracast.shop, Paracast.shop, the Paracast.shop. And that's where you can get branded merchandise, four different logos, shirts, and throw pillows, and all sorts of stuff. Check it out, thepowercast.shop. Or also, if you want, visit thepowercast.plus. We've got all these crazy domain names now. And we offer a version of the show free of the network ads, the fabulous After the Paracast podcast. We never know what's going to happen next, and we don't either. That's what makes it interesting. All for prices starting at just $1.50 a week, 5 bucks a month, etc. For more information, go to theparacast.plus. David Stone, we loved it. We're going to have you back. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.